Jamie Stevens. Damien Leba. Welcome to uh, Super Thwack episode four. It is the fourth episode. That's it's pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, dude, this has been a quick month because yeah. January 1st we made our announcement and now that it's starting to move a little smoother, we're getting our schedules all lined up and... And we got the new equipment. Yes, finally. <laughs> Once we're done, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta show you guys a shot of all this stuff. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, it's a lifesaver already. You could tell a huge difference with the fact that we actually got our news video out. <laughs> yeah. On a Saturday. Yeah. We're, so, and we also made a decision on that. I think that we're gonna start uh, aiming for Saturday releases because we are filming on Fridays. Yeah. So, editing process and everything. Yeah. It would be easiest to drop those on a Saturday. Yeah, and podcasts will be more than likely Mondays. Yeah. So once I edit, once we edit these, we'll like let you guys know for sure. Yeah. But, um. It there's still a lot of uh, factors that are going into everything, and one thing that we do want to actually talk about is we when we made our announcement, we decided that we wanted to do uh, skits. Yeah. Our uh, turnaround. Hmm. And, uh, that'll be like our, our main thing. Yeah. Once we get it going, that'll be the main thing. So. That that was what inspired this whole thwackjack idea. Yeah. So we will be getting that going. Uh, we're gonna start scripting and going over lines and everything with our buddies that are gonna be in it with us. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're hoping for a uh, middle of February release for our first skit. Yeah. So looking forward to it. Yeah, we're super excited, so yeah. I hope you guys are too. Yes. Um, and for those of you who don't know, it probably won't be super comic book related, like comic book or entertainment related, like what we have been talking about. That's yeah. just the stuff we're passionate about and that gives us inspiration. Mm -hmm. um, it'll be a little more outside the box, hopefully. Yeah. So. Yeah, and hopefully, um, too, um, I was planning on... You know, working on a short film. I am working on a short film, so hopefully I can get that released on this YouTube channel at some point, too. Yes. So, we really want to um, not be pigeonholed to, like, one thing. Yeah. And, you know, kind of branch out everywhere, so. Yeah. We're, we're gonna, while we're not trying to pigeonhole ourselves to one thing, we're also gonna not try to take this channel too far out of the yeah. box to where the people who do want to watch what we're doing aren't going to be uh, drawn away from it. Yeah. So... We'll, we'll be consistent with what we're putting out and the style of stuff we're putting out. The only thing that will be a bit of a shock will be the short film and uh, the skits we're doing. Yeah. So. And at the end, at the end of the day, like everything we do is gonna be related to entertainment, like movies yeah. and stuff like that. There's, I don't know. We kind of talked about maybe doing some sports stuff, but that's not for sure yet. So. I think that would be more down the line. Yeah. With maybe a possible second channel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So once this gets taken off mm. the way like what culture has literally like what culture what culture comics <laughs> what culture games uh what culture music now i'm like yeah i can't keep up anymore right it's just what culture to me mm. so yeah um yeah because we, we want to try to make this like a empire basically yeah eventually. as much as possible make yeah. it make it my full-time job <laughs> yeah and then if if I know one thing that you're big into is your acting. Yeah. And if we're able to use this as a jumping off pad into actual acting, mm -hmm. I'd be happy with that too. Yeah. While we can still continue this. Mm -hmm. so, for sure. I'm definitely excited for the future. And every week, dude, like my blood just gets going and going. And I'm so excited. I'm excited to sit in this room, talk about everything. And yeah. It, it, it's my little escape from the real world. <laughs> so. Right. And it's kind of cool because. 
you know, basically, like, we hung out before this. We used to work at a restaurant together. I guess a little backstory. Um, and there was a few years there where we had no contact until one of our friend's weddings. Nate's wedding, actually. Yeah. Last Ju yeah, June, June 15th. Yeah, June 15th. And then, like like we said in the um, intro video, he kind of hit me up with the idea for this channel. So I feel like everything happens for a reason, so. Yeah. No, it's, uh... It's definitely one of those things where it felt like, almost like serendipity, all of us getting back together. Yeah. Uh, hanging out, me, you, Justice, and Nate, and just, mm -hmm. it definitely sparked something to where it made me passionate about doing something again. Mm -hmm. So, I'm definitely looking forward to this path that we're taking. Exactly. Yeah, and I actually tried to start a movie review channel like a year ago, and it, it was awkward. <laughs> And now we got this YouTube channel, so I guess I kind of redeemed myself in a way. So. And I think the other part of that is doing something by yourself is difficult. When you yeah. have other people to sit there and reaffirm you and help mm -hmm. you out, it yeah. gives you a little more confidence to where you're not just talking straight to a camera <laughs> and feeling like you're just like twiddling your thumbs. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. I, I don't think that I could do this by myself. Like. Mm -hmm. I would talk about it probably for a year and then forget about it. <laughs> so yeah. I'm I'm definitely happy that everything's fallen into place the way it has. Yeah, for sure. So, one day we'll get there. But for now, we'll uh we'll start off with our uh what would you call it like page of what we're gonna talk about today. Yeah. Starting um, points yeah. which will <laughs> go off. Um, so the one thing we left off of the news video that I wanted to talk about, mm -hmm. I know you said you're not huge on the Knights of the Republic game because you literally played it like 15 years after it came out the first time. Yeah, well I've always like heard about it and heard great things about it and I never got to play it until last year when I got my Xbox and I downloaded it from Game Pass. Yes. And so I was like hyped to play it and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, so graphics are a big thing because yeah. it's literally... I think it was like 2001, 2002. Something like that. Um, the smoothness compared to something you can play now, like, you go play The Witcher compared to that. A, the button mapping and everything is way different. Yeah. Something more modern feels way more up to date. But it, it just, when, when it was fresh, it was perfect. Yeah, the okay. story, like, to the point where you even know Darth Revan and all yeah, that. Yeah, okay. So, it's one of my favorite parts of uh, Star Wars. Like, I love the movies. I love all the other games. I love Force Unleashed. Uh, Force Unleashed was like a big deal when it came out. I, me. I love that game. Yeah. Uh, I love both of those games. The first one was definitely yeah. better. Mm -hmm. um, I love, like, unique stories that, like, they can be tied to the main storyline, mm -hmm. but they don't necessarily have to be canon. Right. Because, like, after Disney bought Star Wars, I think that got shooed away. Yeah. Um, not that it was super canonized to begin with, because mm -hmm. there's literally an ending where you kill Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. And an ending where you kill the Emperor in the first one, so mm -hmm. it's like, doesn't really stick. It's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fallen Order was fantastic. Still have yet to play it. <laughs> so good. Um, but EA finally option the rights to do another Knights of the Old Republic game. Does that mean remake? Does that mean completely new game or continuation from, what was it, uh, Sith Lords, I believe was the name of the second one? Mm -hmm. um, 
didn't have as good of a storyline, but you're literally you're literally revisiting something 15 years later. You can do so much smoother, graphically better, mm -hmm. and with the talents you have in the world, especially people that pay attention to Star Wars, yeah, you can do a lot with that. Mm -hmm. For sure. So definitely excited for that and hopefully we get some news on that in the next couple years because they literally just optioned for the rights back for that nice. so okay we'll see where that goes yeah and darth revan i think people want keanu reeves to play them like a movie i think i would be happy with uh, you put him in anything yeah. and watch it. so you can make him a villain and that would be super interesting yeah It'd be way out of left field because mm -hmm. i'm I think the last time, and honestly, I haven't even seen the movie, so I can't speak to it too much, but the last time I heard of him being anything close to a villain was uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Okay, yeah. And even then, I can't really speak, like I said, I can't really, mm, I've never actually seen it. Yeah. Either that or uh, The Devil's Advocate. He That's seemed right, kind of more without villainous. Chino. Yes. Yeah. Um, I forgot about that one. If he wasn't a villain, he was definitely more of a scumbag in that movie. Yeah. Um... It would be definitely interesting because you haven't seen him take a turn in a role like that other than uh, always be my uh, maybe. Yeah, he's uh, kind of a kind of a douche. He, he was like a hyper realized version of himself. There's just an, yeah, a douche is the best mm -hmm. word I can say right now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I'm good with him playing Revan. Yeah. I'd also be happy with him playing like a light side Jedi too. Like, or if you go with that storyline where he loses his memory and everything. I'm perfectly fine with you going wherever with that story. Oh, yeah. So. Mm -hmm. it, I'm definitely interested to see what they do with the games, but if they can do a nice Little Republic movie, I'd be happy with that. Oh, too. yeah, for sure. Um, Did you ever play... Do you ever play computer games much? No, not really. See, no. the only one I've ever been able to get into was the Old Republic. Okay. So, so you played that on the computer? I, I, yeah, I used was to Was that originally it. on the just computer? So, no, because I, I got... I played Knights of the Old Republic on the Xbox. Oh, okay. But they came out with a whole nother game that was a MMORPG kind of like mm -hmm. uh, World of Warcraft. Okay. Called just Star Wars The Old Republic. Okay. And it's same uh, time period and stuff, mm -hmm. and, like, everyone knows about Darth Revan and all that, and you get to, like choose Sith or Jedi and everything and like pretty good storylines in that too um didn't get the same kind of following as like a World of Warcraft okay but yeah it was still enjoyable that's the only game I've ever put in time on a computer okay nice I lied to my mom about why I was getting a laptop I was like oh it's for college <laughs> and then I dropped out <laughs> took a year off before I actually went and did everything and Spent like ninety percent of my time on that computer playing Star Wars. Dang. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I'm definitely excited for that. Okay. Um, but me and you both wanted to talk a little bit more about horror movies this time. Yeah, we wanted to kind of make this a um, horror themed kind of episode. We'll probably do another horror themed episode in October yeah. when it fits. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but there is actually a lot more horror going on right now than I expected. Yeah. And there are two movies that me and you wanted to talk about specifically before we go into depth on anything else. Um, before we started this, we watched the trailer for uh, Color Out of Space. Yeah, we just watched the trailer, new Nicolas Cage movie. I'm willing to watch anything Nicolas Cage do. Not because I think everything he does is good. I'm always excited to see what parts of the movie he overacts. Yeah. 
Because... Uh, have you ever seen The Weatherman? No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, it's, it's either that movie or another one where he's like a family man. And it might be a movie called Family Man. I think he was actually in. Okay. Um, his wife sends him to go and pick up food uh, at like a street vendor. Mm -hmm. And she keeps telling him like... Uh, don't like don't forget the tartar sauce. It's like my favorite scene in the world. He's he, so he's like freezing his ass off, and he, he you hear his inner monologue, and he's just like tartar sauce. He's like, oh man, and like don't forget it, don't forget it. And then he yeah. starts staring at this chick's ass, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh man, like tartar sauce, tartar sauce, tartar sauce. And like he's like, oh, I'd like to put my face right in there, oh tartar <laughs> sauce. And then. The next thing that happens, he goes up and he orders his food, and like while he's ordering his food, he's like tartar sauce, tartar sauce. He's like, uh, "Is there anything else I can get you?" He's like, "No, have a nice day." <laughs> <laughs> like his overacting in scenes like that, and then uh, I'm trying to remember the uh, movie. It'll come to me later, but like his overacting makes movies. Oh, uh, the second Ghost Rider movie. Yeah, awful. I forget, I forget about that one. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> His overacting in that. Usually, it makes the movie more enjoyable, and I think it made it watchable. Yeah. But it wasn't. It wasn't an enjoyable movie. No, no. That so, was made by the guy who made a uh, crank. Jason's um, Statham. Dude, I loved both of those movies. Oh yeah. So yeah, but it obviously didn't work for the uh, Ghost Runner. Yeah. Sequel, so. I mean, have you seen the sequel to Crank? Uh, no, I've only seen the first one. High Voltage? That one's actually really good, too. Okay. Like, I was worried that it wasn't going to be as good. Mm. Um, just as batshit crazy as really? the other ones. So okay. It, it, it's interesting. Nice. Um, but Colorado Space is a H.P. Uh, Lovecraft story, which, for people who don't know what that is, like... If you ever seen like Cthulhu or stuff like that, like the tentacle face monster, mm -hmm. kind of like a uh, Davy Jones from yeah. uh, uh, Pirates, Pirates Caribbean. of the Caribbean, yeah, Dead Man's Chest and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Very much in that vein visually. Um, super bright trailer, almost has kind of Stephen King vibes where it's like very mind trippy and like hearing people talk to you. Yeah, and it kind of felt like. Those long, like the colors, the logos, everything else, like it felt like an homage to like eighties horror movies in a way. Yes. Like almost like eighties like body horror movies. Yes, and the color scheme for it, like I don't know, have you ever played a uh, Far Cry? Yeah. Any of those games? Yeah. Have you played the most recent one, uh, Far Cry? I think it's New Dawn. I don't think I've played the new it, one now. It looks very similar to that color scheme where, like, the trees are, like, bright pink and purplish. Okay, yeah. A lot, um, a lot of pink yeah. and purple ones, isn't it? Yeah, and, like, to the point where he even says he's, like, it's, like, pink or purple. He's, like, actually, it's, like, a color I've never seen before. Like, it's just super bright. Yeah. Um, almost off-puttingly bright, considering mm -hmm. the tone of the movie. Yeah. Um, it's almost deceiving. Mm-hmm. So... That'll be an interesting one to see where it goes, because I don't know if it's a book, but I know I know nothing about it, and at least... I, know, I don't even know, like, if it's going to be, like, like a, some sort of, like, creature or alien or something, or... Yeah, um, and that's the way it seemed, because that's the way a lot of the H.P. Lovecraft stuff mm -hmm. goes. Um, the one thing I will say that I was surprised by is the main actress in it, I can't even remember her name, um, I haven't seen her in years. 
right? And it kind of took me aback uh, for a second, because... Yeah. Like, it's been so long, I don't remember her name. Yeah. Um, you kind of forget about these people until you see them, and you're like, oh. And you're like, yeah. It, it, it'll definitely be an interesting movie. Um, the kids in the cast, um, they actually... The girl specifically, I can't remember her name, uh, but she's been doing a lot of good stuff lately, and I'm interested to see how she does in that movie. Okay. So... Um, the other one we were looking at is, uh, Candyman. Yeah, I, I heard about this, like, a year ago or so, and I completely forgot about it until, like, right now when we were looking stuff up, and produced by Jordan Peele, stories by Jordan Peele, and the script is by Jordan Peele. Yeah. So, that gets me excited. Yeah, dude, and like I said, Jordan Peele for me right now can do no wrong. Yeah. Uh, until he does. Until he does. <laughs> um, but... And you, you said you've never seen the original. No, I never have. Okay. So, like, fun little, like, trivia thing for the first one is there's a scene where uh, Tony Todd, who plays Candyman, has a bunch of bees coming out of his mouth. Okay. And instead of, like, CGIing them because it was would have been super expensive, they actually put bees in his mouth. Ooh, and they paid him $1,000 per bee sting. Wow. And I think he walked away with, like... Somewhere between twenty and fifty thousand. <laughs> um, that number could be wrong, but I know for a fact that that's the story. Yeah. Um, and so I'm curious to see if uh, we, we both are under the impression that Yahya Mateen uh, Abdul Mateen is the mm -hmm. uh, dude playing Candyman, yeah. which would would excite me. Yeah, I would. Um, I'm curious to see if they're gonna go in the, that same direction because the Candyman controls bees and stuff. Mm -hmm. So if they do that. I don't know if they'll give him like that same kind of contract, right? Uh, but I'm definitely excited to see what he can do as that character mm -hmm. and the direction they go with that movie. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, you know, Jordan Peele's recent success, you know, there's uh, no room to be really be like hesitant or cautious about it, really. Yeah, no, like I I actually have been going back and watching uh, Key and Peele. Okay, and. I started noticing, like, his sense of, like, horror when they would do, like, a little bit more, like, twisted sketches, mm. and I don't know how nobody saw this coming previously after watching those, because he has one of those minds where, like, he just seems like he comes up with stuff, like, mm -hmm. out of the top of his head. And... Yeah. Because I remember when Get Out first came out, like, the trailer first came out, like, I even laughed at the trailer, because I didn't I was like, okay. And you're like, okay, Jordan Peele, like, yeah. it's probably going to be something funny I walk into, and the trailer's just, like misleading to yeah but no <laughs> it was it was legit it, i love that movie and dude up until the moment where you find out what's going on in that movie i completely thought it was going in another direction i yeah. thought it was mind control yeah and i i, I won't give spoilers because i don't know who has and hasn't seen it but wow that took a turn it did um Sadly, before I watched Us, that twist at the ending got spoiled for me, but it didn't make it any less enjoyable. I liked Us, but, you know, Get Out being his first movie, Us kind of, like, disappointed me in a way. Because I was waiting for some, like, super big, like, twist. I can see that. Yeah. Um, I, I think the twist they gave was good, though. I, I, uh, I am surprised they didn't, he didn't do something a little more mind-blowing, but even then I felt like it... It did its job. Because mm -hmm. 
you didn't really need a twist with the okay. way the movie ended. Okay. But that little extra, like, it almost felt like you were being betrayed okay. in the movie. Mm. So, yeah. saying as little as possible. <laughs> yeah, and, like, in a way, it kind of felt like, like an old, like, 80s, like, Steven Spielberg type horror movie. Yeah. In a way, at least to me. No, I can yeah. definitely see that. Mm -hmm. His... Like, I respect Steven Spielberg. Mm -hmm. like, especially if you go back to movies like Jaws and stuff yeah. like that. His stuff doesn't seem to hit the way it used to. No. Like, Ready Player One, I don't know if you saw that. I... Because I didn't. <laughs> not, not, not that I wasn't interested. I was interested at first, but it... The hype for that died down for me before the movie ever came out, so I just never got to the theater. Mm -hmm. So, uh, he used to be a lot better at marketing his movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Ready Player One, while it should have felt like the perfect time for that movie to come out with VR and everything yeah. being as big as it is, it felt like 20 years too late. I can see that. It, just because it... I don't know, because it, it almost felt like it was hitting on the same points as like a 1984 type of inspiration mm. where the government controls everything yeah. sort of deal. And I could be completely off base because I haven't seen the movie, but it just didn't feel like the right time. And honestly, like I feel if you release it in like two years from now in the future, it could honestly do as good as it would have 20 years ago. Okay. Um, just because of the theories that everyone puts out there, especially if you listen to people like Joe Rogan. <laughs> Is so, he talking about that? Oh, he, he talks about... Uh, like, entertainment, like, taking over, stuff like okay, that, sort yeah. of. Um, not, like, li listening to some of his theories, especially when he has dudes like uh, Eddie Bravo on, it's hard to follow. <laughs> it's, uh, it seems like somebody was smoking something a little more than marijuana that day, so, um, I'm, I, I don't know exactly where, uh, Steven Spielberg went wrong in his movie making, though. Mm -hmm. it, it definitely makes you miss movies like E.T. Yeah, and it's, it's gotten to the point where, like, when he releases a movie, like, there's not this kind of same excitement for it as, like, Quentin Tarantino or Martin Scorsese. Oh, yeah. It was different. That That's the crazy part, because he was on such a high level for so long. Oh, yeah. It almost feels like he was doing too many things at once to where people just got too used to him being around. Uh, whereas, the last movie I remember before The Irishman that Scorsese did was Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. Has he was done that anything since then? Because that was, what, 2012? Yeah. So, that would make it an eight-year break. It feels more like an event when guys like that do movies. I have to fact check that. Because Hateful Eight was the last one before Once Upon a Time, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, and that one was 2013, 14? 15. 15? Yeah. So, these guys spacing out their movies make them feel more like events and make you want to show up. And I think that's one of the big... Uh, Draw factors for those uh, directors. Definitely. And let's see. I was going to look at his filmography because I want to fact check that. Uh, feature narrative films. Silence. I forgot about that one. What was Andrew that? Andrew Garfield, 
Oh. He's in that where he's a priest and then he goes to Japan to try to convert them to Christianity. Okay. Yeah. I honestly forgot that he was involved in that at all. Yeah, that was like his passion project. Okay. And it didn't really do that. But even that then, that was four years ago. Yeah, but yeah. so. Yeah, still it breaks and Steven Spielberg is kind of like, I can compare it to like music, right? I can compare it Steven Spielberg to Drake in a way where Drake's constantly releasing stuff. There's no breaks in between. Mm. And Kendrick and J. Cole like have huge ass breaks between albums. Yeah. No, uh, for sure, because Damn was 18? Uh, 17. Was it 17? Damn. Um, <laughs> damn. Uh, not a good pun, but <laughs> still. Um, and KOD was 18. Yeah. And I, uh, these guys, they like have those breaks, and I wouldn't say people like forget about them, but they can, they can do that. They can go away. And all of a sudden, just drop out of nowhere, and they're going to be huge. Well, I think good evidence of that is Eminem just dropped uh, Music to be Murdered by. Yeah. It seems like he's been doing a thing that's about every two years now. Yeah. But I think the big thing that's helping him, which you can't do with movies because it would destroy a movie, mm -hmm. um, surprise release. Yeah. That has been, like, his biggest... Because you don't give it time to be destroyed by critics, which has been right. his biggest downfall because... Yeah. PC culture says no. <laughs> yeah. Um, ever since, I just say ever since recovery, the criticism has been coming more and more, honestly. Yeah. But the, the thing, the weirder part is you go back to literally Slim Shady LP. Yeah. Which is multiple times platinum now. Uh-huh. And the original reviews for it were awful. Now you, yeah. know, now you look at like modern reviews and people are praising it because it's like a master class. Yeah. It, <sighs> retrospect is the worst thing when it comes to art. Mm -hmm. it, it it can add value, but it feels very uh, matter-of-fact and, like, almost trying to go with trends. Right. When you have someone go back to something 20 years later and be like, oh, you should give it another chance. And I feel like that's, that's how some horror movies are, too. Like, the ones that they consider, like, cult classics. Which is another word for saying, well, it wasn't, like, yeah. very commercially or critically acclaimed. but there's, It like, bombed a, at the theater, yeah. but... <laughs> but there's a group of people who like it. But, so, yeah. like, I, a lot of Rob Zombie movies are considered cult classics, like Devil's Rejects. The Halloween remake, uh, remake, that's, I was that, too. I was gonna say that that series was probably one of my favorite horror movies, uh, franchises. Um, uh, the, uh, Devil's Rejects. Yeah. And House of a Thousand Corpses, but that most recent one, I think, yeah, it was super no. cartoony. It was, and it didn't fit the way... The other two did. It didn't hit right, man. Like, because House of a Thousand Corpses in a way is like cartoony mm -hmm. and kind of out there, but but then Devil's Rejects is like super eerie and dirty and like it feels real. It feels metal. It feels yeah. like it does feel very dirty. Yeah. Um, I think another one of the things that hurt it is you're missing Tiny. Yeah. Uh, because the actor died in real life. Yeah. And then you were only able to use uh Captain Spaulding for a short period of time because just like, he was on his two minutes. Yeah, and it's oh because God. he was on his last yeah. leg, and he died before the movie actually released, yeah. uh, said Haig. Mm. Yeah, and it's just like, because when I watch Devil's Rejects, even now, like, I get, like, an uneasy feeling some at some mm. certain points in the movie, and Three from Hell, it was just like, yeah, it was like, okay. The <laughs> only thing that I wish they would have done something with in uh, Devil's Rejects mm -hmm. is after House of a Thousand Corpses, I don't remember seeing Dr. Satan ever again. No, he's not. He's not. I'm like, really? Yeah, he was like a cool character. Right? Like, he looked menacing. Yeah. Like, a lot of characters disappear from all of those movies each time, and then you have random ones pop up where you're like, 
where did you come from? Yeah. The, uh, the other dude with the beard at the beginning of Devil's Rejects did not connect yeah. with me at all. I don't remember where he was. Mm. The dad or grandpa or whatever yeah. disappeared from House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. Um, inconsistent storytelling, but still very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I can watch uh, anything Rob Zombie does. Oh, definitely. If for no... Okay, that's a lie. I turned off Lords of Salem towards the end because I felt super uncomfortable. I actually <laughs> like that movie a lot. It's like his like one like artsy-ass movie. It, it definitely is. And I, I did go back and finish it. Mm-hmm. But I was at a moment in my life where I was like, this just feels... It didn't hit right. It felt dirty. I was like... like I, I <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't describe it that way because I described Marriage Story that way to you. Yeah, you um, did. <laughs> Dirty in a different way to where I felt like I needed to walk away and take a shower. Okay. Like, it was it was out there. Yeah, like it was that last scene where all the pictures of the priests and stuff. And yeah, like I don't even need to say it out loud. Yeah. But it just oh dude it it made me cringe. Yeah. I felt wrong. <laughs> I was actually working at the Chicos at the time. Oh for real? Yeah, because I knew it was coming out, but I saw a preview for it and I went. I think I went to Target after I got off and I bought it. Okay. Yeah, but I, that that's what it reminds me of. I actually that's must have been working at the Chico's at the same time then, because uh, that was, I, I rented it at Redbox right after it came out. Okay, yeah. Um, you were the guy that I talked to about movies all the time when I worked there, too, because yeah. I, I borrowed Tusk from you. Yeah. And favorite director of all time, it's like his only real horror movie. I love that movie. Would you consider Red State? I don't know what I would consider that. I would thriller? consider that more thriller, yeah. Okay. Because there are horror aspects, but uh-huh. it's more, uh... It, it, it tries to play off of a real thing. Right. More than anything, because it tries to play off of the, uh... Jonestown? Uh, no. No, it wasn't Jonestown. The, it was uh, something else. It, it's that actual family that, uh... That, that kind of, like, church. Uh, it, it, it's literally like a cult. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. It'll come to me and I'll shout it out later. I'm thinking of, I think it's called the the Testament, I think is what I'm thinking of. It's kind of based on the Jonestown thing. I think so. I think, but that's a different thing entirely. But yeah. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue! I hate when that happens, dude. It's time to fact check. Um, because they the, the people that he was basing it off of even uh, protested the movie. Um... Oh, it's gonna kill me. See if I can get the answer. <laughs> it's, uh... It, uh... I'm trying to think of the last name of the leader of that church. And I think he actually passed away. Uh, but, like, his granddaughter has defected from the church and everything, and it got really crazy. It was inspired by the infinite, infamous pastor Fred Phelps in the yes. Waco Siege. Um, what's the name of that, uh, church group, though? Because I know it has a... Uh, let me look up Pastor Fred Phelps. Yeah. Um, but I know, like, they own, like, a bunch of land, and they, they pretty much almost feel like they govern themselves. Like, it's, oh, yeah, it's I recognize this guy. Um. The Westboro Baptist Church. Thank you. I knew... Okay. It, like, I didn't even think of that. It, it definitely gave it, like, a creepy vibe. Yeah. Um, especially because it's based off of realism, and... Michael Parks was fantastic in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's um, got anything he's in. I was actually sad when he passed away. Yeah. Um, 
because he he was fantastic in Tusk as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let. Uh, I don't even remember where we were, honestly. Uh, but like I was saying, you were always the person I would talk to about yeah. uh, movies. Mm. Um, because we were talking about Rob Zombie. Yeah. We're and about and uh, Lords of Salem. Mm -hmm. But uh, we also wanted to touch on one other thing when it, that comes to uh, horror movies, at least. Yeah. Um, we wanted to challenge each other and see if you could take one iconic horror movie any period of time, remake it, what would you change? Who would you have direct it? Yeah. I'd have to choose Hellraiser. And for a director, I would do uh, choose Denis Villeneuve. And the reason I say that is because I'd be like super left field and nobody would expect it. And his visual style, and usually he works with uh, Roger Deakins, who's a cinematographer, okay. did uh, Sicario, Blade Runner 2049. I still have to see both of those, honestly. Damn. Yeah, yeah I know. He has, it's like super, he's like super, him and Denis Villeneuve, like they're super artsy and the shots are like... You can take each shot in all their movies and like frame them. Mm -hmm. That's how good they are. Okay. And Hellraiser, I think that would like be good with Hellraiser because one, the mythology is like so vast, and visually, I think it could work work with that. Okay. Yeah. Who do you think? Because he obviously he has at least one or two actors he likes working with, evidenced by because he's working on Dune right now, correct? Yeah. And I'm Timothy pretty sure. And Batista. Yeah. Oh, he's in that too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because he was in Blade Runner twenty four. Uh -huh. yeah. So he he clearly has people that he favors and that he would, he likes to keep. Because Batista is more of a character actor. Yeah. And he does very well. I mean, like look, at Drax is. It almost feels like it was made for him. Yeah. He play. He he wears it like a glove. Mm. Um. And he was super good in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That was a more subtle like. Not not an out there performance was like pretty contained and he was good at it. So. Well, and it's crazy because uh, Denis Villeneuve uh, switched that role for him a little bit and they had to do. So Batista's already like fifty something years old. Yeah. And they had to put a bunch of prosthetic like makeup on him to make him look older because <laughs> he's like, dude, you don't look young. So they had to switch a bunch of stuff to make him fit. He's like, I think I got to go a different way mm -hmm. because you just don't look your age. Mm -hmm. He's like, you look like you're like. 35. Right. She's in great shape yeah, for being like 52, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's just nuts. Yeah. Um, I would. So, who do you think he would try to bring into Hellraiser specifically to play? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a hard one, man. I, I know. I have to think about that and come back to yeah. me. Like, I know it's putting you on the spot. It's just. That's... After talking about it, it got me curious. Yeah. Um, so, I picked The Shining. Primarily for the reason I recently read the book or I listened to the audiobook on Audible. Um, and it made me understand all the drama behind why Stephen King hated the movie. Mm -hmm. I don't hate the movie, but I felt like it could have been a lot better. Okay. Um, the Shining was almost entirely left out of that movie. Um, if I really, like, try to think about it, excuse me, um, they have to call the Dick Halloran, that black dude, yeah. to come and help him. Mm -hmm. The whole idea of The Shining is, The Shining is like a power that Danny has, Yeah. and Dick Halloran also has that power, 
and he notices it from the moment he meets him, which mm. they get that part kind of right. Yeah. Exactly. That's the only time they really... Yeah. Like, allude to it. But in the book, mm. there's no phone call. Okay. He, te like, telepathically, with The Shining, communicates with him over from Colorado to Florida. Okay. Like, to the point where it, like, um, like makes his nose bleed because it, like, hurts him that much. Like, it, it's... The power of The Shining is so much cooler than the movie made it look. Okay. Um, if I had to pick a director, we already talked about Jordan Peele, but I, dude, I can't get enough of his work. Yeah. And especially if you put him behind the driver's seat, I'd love to see what he could do with it. Oh, him. yeah. Um, I'd be really happy if they could use the Stanley Hotel, uh, where the book was based off of and written in, um, just because it would add that extra little twist mm -hmm. to it. Um, I don't think it's big enough to support a production like that, but it would still be interesting. They definitely have to close it down for a bit. And dude, they would have to change a few things because in the book, they mention Stapleton Airport. Oh. Which hasn't been a thing in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, because DIA's been around. Night DIA is the actually uh, most recently built airport in the United States. Yeah, I think it was built in 94 or 95. Yes, it was uh, It was 94 because it, it, it was the year we were born. Nice. Okay. Um, but it it's crazy how dated it is. Right. And the fact that The Shining, I think, only works in that time period. Because you have the racial factor of Dick Halloran being uh, African-American and the way the hotel actually treats him. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that, that could kind of evolve with the fact that it could be just like an old hotel. Yeah. And the people and the spirits that are stuck in it are stuck in that mindset. But I think if you... I, I think they did the uh, movie recently, Dr. Sleep. Yeah. A little too recently. I would have rather seen a remake of The Shining, and okay. then Dr. Sleep. Mm. And Dr. Sleep, yeah, did you see Dr. Sleep? Not yet. Okay, I haven't either, because what I'm getting out of it is that, like, it kind of had, like, a hard task in a way, because in one way you have to, like, be faithful to the Dr. Sleep book, and be faithful to being a sequel to The Shining book, but he also has to, like, incorporate The Shining movie, the Stanley Kubrick one. Because that's what everyone's used yeah. to. Yeah, so you kind of had to do both things. Especially when the only reason that Stephen King wrote that second book was to basically say screw you to Stephen Co or, yeah. uh, Stanley Kubrick. Because the in the trailers, at least, like, there are definitely shots from The Shining. Oh, yeah. Or at least remade. So, I haven't watched the movie, but I watched enough stuff on IGN. Mm -hmm. They hired someone to come in and basically play uh, Jack Nicholson's part. Really? That looks exactly like Jack Nicholson. And, like, makeup and stuff. And it was only a small scene, uh, kind of, like, in Danny's head or whatever. But, like, he's holding the axe and stuff. And, like, it's super homage to the movie. Okay. While I think played it safe enough to where Stephen King was happy with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I still want to watch that. I'm going to read the book before I watch the movie. Okay. I already bought it on Audible. I just haven't had a chance yet. Um, if we we're going to go with casting, though, for that... Because I want to see him have a success and it hasn't come with anything other than Iron Man, mm -hmm. RDJ. 
RDJ as Jack Torrance? Yes, because of the fact one of the biggest things left out of the movie, other than The Shining, is the alcoholism. Okay. And that is one thing that RDJ played very well with Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even, like, touched on as well as it should have been. Right. Um, in Iron Man. And with him struggling with real-life demons... You could use that experience. Yes. It would be the perfect fuel for the fire where Doolittle... It didn't do him any favors, and uh-huh. the fact that he was offered it almost feels like an insult. Yeah, I, I can see that, yeah. One thing I found out this week... When do you think the original um, Doolittle came out? The original original? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it like in the 50s? 67. Okay. I did not know about it. Okay. Yeah, I, kinda, I, I knew it existed. I thought it was. I thought the first one was Eddie Murphy. Really? I had no idea. Yeah, I knew that that one existed, but I'd never seen pictures from it, never seen anything mm-hmm. from it, but... Um, yeah. If I had to cast a young Danny... I would probably, so we'd have to be like a five-year-old kid, so I, that, that's a hard this one to throw hard, our cast Yeah, in. There's not really a whole lot of five-year-old kids that are famous. I, I was going to say, if I could, the dude who played, the kid who played Eddie in It, Yeah. if he was five years old, I would love that. <laughs> That'd be the perfect casting. Um, and to play the mom, oh, that, that one's a little harder. Because it would have to f- kind of fit with uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s casting as well. Yeah. And I um, definitely don't want to see a Gwyneth Paltrow. No. <laughs> so, um... <sighs> man, that, that... I'm trying to think of someone like around his age, too. And if we're going with Faithful to the Book, she would have to be blonde. Blonde, okay. Um... Margot Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say yes, but I feel like that's overplayed. That is overplayed. Because if Hollywood could, they would cast her in everything at yeah. this moment. And I, I mean, I'd be fine with it. I would for the most part, but it always gets old. <laughs> Just like we were talking about with Steve, uh, Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Oversaturation makes it to where the people are less interested. Yeah. I love Brad Pitt, but what was the last thing he was in before Once Upon a Time? I know he was in Ad Astra, but before no, that, was I can't think of that. It was after Once Upon a Time. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Before Once Upon a Time? Fact check. I'm like, I'm thinking Moneyball, but I know it was something after that. Yeah, because I think Moneyball was like 2012. Yeah. Um. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of still who, like could play that role uh, for the mom in that movie. Uh, um, let's see. The, uh... Before... Before... Once Upon a Time. He's been in 81 movies? And just as a side note, because I know there is a lot of silence here for a moment, this is why we need Nate. So he can look at this stuff while we talk. <laughs> so he was an allied in 2016, which was a World War II movie. Uh, War Machine, 
2017. Deadpool 2 is that <laughs> little cameo. That was the best yeah. waste of... Do you know what he got paid for that movie? Uh, Coffee and an apple. Wow. Like, that's all he... He just... Because he was there for 15 minutes. Huh. And that, that's literally... Yeah, that's all. That was, like, before. When did before. Fury come out? Because that's the that last thing I remember. 14. Yeah, 14. Oh, wow, dude. I didn't realize it was that yeah, long. Yeah, so... So the big short, I would say, is the most famous thing in the last five years. Yeah. Other than uh, Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Um, female actress that could play... Because I, I wouldn't want someone who's been in a bunch of stuff. Because like, the first thing that would pop in my head would be like a Scarlett Johansson. But I feel like she's getting oversaturated. And that wouldn't... That wouldn't it wouldn't feel right. No, especially because you saw them on screen together for how long? A long time. While she was Black Widow. Yeah. At least ten years now. Look at blonde actresses. Um, Charlize Theron. See, and honestly, I think they fit together well. But like a name I saw that I think I'd be more interested in, just because I like her acting more, Amanda Seyfried. The age gap would be. And odd. But I, I honestly don't think that... Naomi Watts. Obviously. I don't think that would be bad either. But yeah. they're, they're supposed to be like in their 30s. In their 30s? And I think you can fake RDJ being 30. Really? With certain tricks. <laughs> um, Personality-wise, he his personality doesn't really age him. That's true. I don't think, at least. Um, and especially if you're playing an alcoholic and... All he has to do is go back to his mindset of when he was like 20. Sienna Miller would be good. She's from uh, American Sniper. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'd be good with that. Claire Dane? Nah, I don't know about Claire Dane. Um, I, I, I was thinking Amanda Seyfried just because of her performance in uh, Jennifer's Body. That's right. And she's aged since then. That thing happened. I. She was definitely, in my opinion, the best part of the movie. Really? I, I liked her in that movie. Okay. Um, because the only other thing I really remember her from is, uh, uh, Mean Girls. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, there's a, uh, 75% chance it's already raining. <laughs> like, oh my lord. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'd say that, uh, I can't remember whose name you picked out, but I think that would probably be a better pick. Sam Miller? Yeah. Age-wise, if you want it to be a little more close to him. Because, yeah. uh, Amanda Seyfried still looks young. I think she's like probably early 30s. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Dick Halloran would have to be an older dude. black dude in his like 50s, maybe early 60s. And you go with the obvious. Danny Glover? No. <laughs> Which one? Samuel L. But he's 70. He looks about 60. I feel like there'd be too many motherfuckers in that movie though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I love him as an actor. I have a hard time seeing him playing anything serious anymore. Really? Like, the last thing that he really played serious, like, he even put too much smiles on it for me, was Hateful Eight. I guess so. You know, like, especially, like, at the end of that movie. Yeah. Um, Where he gets wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do love him as an actor. But like I said, if I were to see him in anything... Don Cheadle? I, I can work with Don Cheadle. 
Don Cheadle would make me happy. I just realized that they're an Iron Man together, too. He's around 50. I think he's like late 50s. Or yeah. mid, or mid, mid 50s. But I think, I think the only thing that would keep me from putting him in there would be Robert Downey Jr. If I were to still keep yeah, him. Yeah, you'd still see... You don't want too many people from the MCU. Right. Because then you just... You add too many layers and it just... Then you get the annoying, like, theory videos of how this could attach and it just... No. <laughs> um, other than that, I mean, Danny Glover's way past that age. Like, he looks rough. Yeah, um, he definitely looks old. The last thing I saw him in was, uh, was Badasses 2 with Danny <laughs> Trejo. Uh, <laughs> I, I really can't think of anybody no. age-wise. The only person I think that can play it personality-wise, and even then still looks maybe a little old, but I would be able to accept it, would be Morgan Freeman. Yeah. I, I'd be yeah, happy with that. that. So, I, I think that would probably be my casting for the movie, and that's really the four most important people in that movie. Okay. So, have you had a chance to think about anybody for... For Pinhead? At least for Pinhead. Well, we were talking about Matt Smith earlier, and Ooh. that would, that would, I think that would be kind of interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know how the shape of his head would work for that, but... He'd look weird bald. He would, for yeah. sure. I would so accept that though. But he's a good, really good actor. Yeah, I, I would definitely be happy to see that. You know what would be tight as fuck do is um, Benedict Cumberbatch as Pinhead? That'd be <laughs> weird. But it'd be cool because he's so classy. Dude, His voice is like cool. The thing that attracts me about your like fan casting is the whole movie is everything is so out of left field that yeah. like it would put me in a seat mm -hmm. to watch it. Um that director combined with either of those two actors. It's so crazy, it just might work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I would definitely be happy with something like that. Um, Hellraiser getting an Oscar nomination. <laughs> I don't know. Has any horror movie ever gotten an Oscar nomination? Exorcist? Since then. Since then? Like, legit horror movies? Yeah. I really don't think so. It's hard to do. And like we talked about in the... Uh, news video if one ever did well either they didn't have a very good uh, budget to begin with or they were immediately greenlit a sequel they got a lower budget and it, yeah. it devalued the first one mm -hmm. so I can see why Exorcist would probably be one of the last ones to get an Oscar but like uh, Us or Get Out didn't get anything Us didn't get anything I don't think I mean I want to say Get Out got some God sort damn of damn it Nate I'm, oh no God, Get Out did it got like a screenplay, it got Dana Kalua got Best Actor nomination, okay. Jordan Peele got, I think it was a Best Picture nomination too. Okay, so then, then we so, can at least count that. So get out. Okay. I really want to see, I think it's possible, a lot of people think it's not, to make a slasher movie, but make it into an Oscar movie. That'd be hard to do, but I think you can do it. Okay, so if you were to do that, a completely original, like you don't have to come up with a, uh, yeah, yeah. you don't have to come up with a premise or anything, mm -hmm. just... The idea of a slasher movie. What director and actor, main villain actor, do you think could win that? Or at least get nominated? Woody Harrelson. Mm. He's a really good bad guy. Like, you hate him when he's a bad guy. Did you know his dad was actually a hitman? No shit. Yeah. Like, wow. worked for the mob and stuff, so... Dang. That is ninety percent of where that probably comes from. Okay. Yeah, because like yeah, like I said, when you've seen him as a bad guy, it's like oh, yeah. you hate him. What, what, what was it? Natural born killers. Natural born killers. Out of the furnace. I don't know if you've seen that oh, one. Dude, I love that 
movie. I, I, I spaced that out for a long time. Because Willem Dafoe's in it too, isn't he? Is he? Uh, I think in a little part. Okay. If not, I know that uh, Casey Affleck's Casey in it. Casey Affleck and Chris Christian Bale. Bale. Yeah. And yeah, but Woody Harrelson is a, the bad guy. Because I'm pretty sure Willem Dafoe's the one that drives Casey Affleck to all the fights. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, I'm trying to make sure yeah. I wasn't off on that. But, um... I, I could see him doing see either like either that. him or I even take Leo. Ooh, as a like, legit like killer. I would love to see his. I I feel like he's more of a Hannibal Lecter type. Yeah, because he was actually supposed to. They were um, looking at him to be um, in American Psycho, rather than Christian oh, okay. at the time. But they thought he looked. You know, Titanic was gonna come out. He looked too baby faced. Baby faced and. You know, all that stuff. Yeah. I, I can see that. I, I would love to see him. That's the one thing I, I don't think type of movie he's been in. And I mm. can't remember anything that he's really been like the villain. Oh, actually, no, I can't say that. Django Unchained. Django Unchained, he was really good. Yeah, man. he was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, seeing him as more of like a straight out and out villain, like, don't get me wrong, that was a dickhead role yeah. for him. But... Just pure like modern day pure carnage. Modern day. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, honestly, it doesn't even need to be modern day for me. Like, okay. anything you can consider slasher genre that you can put a great director and a great actor in to just try to sweep for Oscars. Mm -hmm. I think Leo would be a good pick, but if I had to come up with my own, would American Psycho have gotten one? Oh, I didn't. No? I don't think. Um, if I had to go with my own, I would like to see... I, I'm, I'm honestly probably just going to pick Batista. Okay. His size, mm -hmm. along with his character acting, I think he could do very well. Okay. Um, I think I would probably separate him from Denny and put him with... Uh, I would like to see him with, like, an, another comedian-type um, director, kind of like Jordan Peele. Okay. Mm, almost sort of in the vein of uh, John Krasinski, what he did with The Quiet Place. Okay. Um, maybe not him specifically, just because I don't feel like he has the background to do something that crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, even though Quiet Place was nuts. Yeah. Um... But I, I can't think of anybody who's done the same thing as him and Jordan Peele lately. I don't think there is. Yeah. They, they, they're definitely two standouts as far as that goes. Mm. Just because I'd like to see something out of left field, Keegan-Michael Key directing would be interesting. I, I would like to see him directing anything. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be yeah. interesting. Just because the, I'd like to see what I can pick out from what I've watched in Jordan Peele's movies, mm -hmm. I can go to Key and Peele and look and be like, okay, like that clearly was like something that had to have come from his head. Yeah. Where I'd love to see what would come from Keegan Michael Key's mm -hmm. head. It'd be interesting too, because like, there's a few examples out there, like guys you wouldn't think would make like a really like screwed up horror movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Comedians seem to have, like, because you have to develop that like kind of twisted sense of humor. Yeah. It works so well because of that that, that. That's why I have faith in the upcoming Saw movie. 
Chris Rock. Yes. Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson, I think that's the That's I never really like put their names yeah. in with us all. And what I heard was uh, Samuel L. Jackson is going to be playing Chris Rock's dad in the movie. Yeah. Which, if nothing else, will be interesting. Yeah, and actually Chris Rock is, um, I don't know if you watched Fargo. No, the show? Yeah. No. He's going to be in the new season. And he looks kind of serious in it. Too. Okay. Yeah, so. I always like seeing comedic actors doing serious stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems, yeah. I still have to watch that, so don't tell me how it happened. I haven't, oh, yeah. I thought you watched it. I, yeah, I did see it, but I fell asleep in the movie, oh. so. <laughs> well, damn. So. Um, I, I'm i not looking forward to his next movie because of his uh, threat he made. Mm. That uh, Because he got uh, snubbed for the Oscars. That his next movie is gonna be, be terrible to make purpose. the worst possible movie imaginable yeah. is Revenge. Yeah. Um, please don't. <laughs> that will uh, hurt me. Yeah. Um, as long as I don't think anything can be as bad as Ridiculous Six though. So, that was awful. Pretty much, almost any of his Netflix movies, honestly. The Cobbler was before the Netflix stuff, right? I I enjoyed that one. I think so. It was probably like right before. Um. Because you had the Meyerowitz stories on there. I haven't seen that one. You had the one with him and Chris Rock where they are the dads. Uh, I can't remember what that one's called. I never saw that one. Uh, there's another one. Uh, uh, the Sandy Wexler. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't too big on that one. It was definitely better than Ridiculous 6. Murder Mystery. I haven't seen that one yet. I just started watching it, but I fell asleep. Okay, I've been meaning to watch that one too, but I think I was more off-put because of the fact that it was another Netflix one. Yeah. I, was like, I wonder why he keeps doing that shit, though. Because he got a huge contract. Uh, like, he, he got, like, a, I believe it was a six-picture six picture contract for, like, I want to say somewhere in the realm of $100 million, maybe <laughs> more. Wow. And... I will make anything you want if uh, I never have to work again at that point. So, I I understand why he did it. Yeah. But, if he could give me another comedy in the vein of Big Daddy okay. or Billy Madison. His old, old one. Yes. Yeah. And honestly, he doesn't even need to be the main actor in that. Give him a movie like that to direct. Yeah. Dude. That'd be... He knows where to go. Mm-hmm. And... You just have to look at movies like Uncut Gems to understand that he has the mind for it. Oh, yeah. So it's just a matter of giving him the tools to use. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I I can't think of a perfect director for something like that. But, I would, like I said, I would like to see Keegan-Michael Key step out of the shadow and mm-hmm. take a swing at something like that. Okay, for sure. Who, who would you pick for a director for... Oscar bait slasher movie. The slasher movie? Um. Director. I really want to go like Oscar. Typical Oscar director. I mean. Mm-hmm. Has Scorsese ever made a, a slasher movie? No. That would be interesting. I, Although his next movie is supposed to be. It's going to be Robert De Niro and Leo. Okay. And Robert De Niro is going to be like a serial killer or some shit. Okay. It's based on a true story. I don't know if it's going to be um like a horror movie per se, but... Yeah. I'm all about based on true story, especially serial killer stuff. Yeah. I, uh... There is... I, I, have you ever heard of uh, Sword and Scale? It's a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um... Fucked up. <laughs> really? Like, I... 
the fourth episode is about Jessica Ridgway. Do you remember all that? Which one was that? That sounds like... That was the, like, 12-year-old girl in Arvada. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that, like, it's stories like that, and then beyond. Like, it is hard to listen to. I remember coming home from work, because, like, that's how I would get through the day, was just, like, listening to whatever mm -hmm. while I'm driving a truck. And I would come home and just hug my son, because I was, like, I felt, like, contaminated. I needed to, <laughs> I needed to, like, hug him to be, like... It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> what was it called again? The podcast. Sword and scale. Sword and scale. I put myself through at this point. I think 160 something episodes, <laughs> and each one is more than an hour. Wow. So, my brain hurt. <laughs> I was I was not feeling good. For and it's all it true crime stuff. Yeah, all true crime. True okay. true crime stories. Um, like I'll I'll tell you about some of them later. Like the Natalie Bollinger one. If there's one to listen to, it's fairly recent. That's the one to start with because that uh. That was also out here in Colorado off of uh, Riverdale Road. So I shouldn't, like, listen to those as I'm trying to go to bed? I mean, you can, but it will give you some dreams. I'll tell you that much. Like, yeah. And I don't know, like, I can't, like, watch, like, conspiracy video theories or stuff like that when I'm trying to go to bed because I feel like I'm being watched. I would say listen to one of the shorter ones that's not a two-parter okay. if you want to do that because mm -hmm. the Natalie Bollinger and the Jessica Ridgway are both two-parters. Okay. And, uh... Natalie Bollinger one has, like, a huge twist where I did not see it coming. And, like, where around the time it came out, I, I listened to it probably about three months after it came out, which was only about a month after the murder situation. Mm -hmm. So, it uh, stuff like that is definitely interesting. But, yeah, it's not something, like, the two-part episodes are not for uh, bedtime. Okay. <laughs> that, that's for, like, long car rides. Yeah. <laughs> So during the day, yeah, when you don't have to worry about nothing behind you, yeah. uh, stuff like that. See, so. I would listen to podcasts and stuff like that when I used to when I first got to American Furniture and I washed trucks, mm -hmm. just by yourself all day, and I listen to podcasts. So that's when I would have listened to that stuff. Yeah. So. When like whenever I'm alone in the truck at, yeah. at work, I will listen to podcasts and like news videos and stuff like that all day. So, mm -hmm. but um, I don't know how much time have we put in so far. We have to be at least at an hour. I would assume so. Or just under. Yeah. So, I think we can wrap it up for now. Cool. Um, we'll be doing this again next uh, next Sunday. And just keep up with us. Follow us on... Uh, I almost said MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Facebook. Twitter. Instagram. All that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're getting our first actual video podcast out. So, you yeah. can see how extra awkward we can be yeah <laughs> and not just hear it uh so just keep up with us and once again thank you all um anthony stevens damian labor peace, peace.